0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Ellen and Shannon Etheridge.
1: You know, I think we start every show asking for feedback and asking people to jump on iTunes and leave us reviews or send us comments and questions via feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And so we got one right after a show went live. I mean, this was like within five minutes, I think, of the time that the show went live, Shannon, that I got, in, we got this email that said, okay, you want feedback? So here it is. You have the best marriage podcast available. Down-to-earth people that are a pleasure to listen to, knowing that you have marriage best interest in mind. I welcome your new co-host, which would be you, Shannon, by the way. And please keep up the great Woo! work. So thank you very much. I love hearing from listeners that... that
0: Yeah, that is music to our ears, wind beneath our wings. And I do love the way, Corey, that you formatted this show to be just so casual and so impromptu, so spontaneous that you really do let the listeners tell us what they want shows about.
1: Yeah, and that's what drives a lot of the shows that we've done and will do. That when we get emails that say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And they will give give us specific topics or ideas. I mean, we'll take that and run with it because that's that's good stuff. Absolutely. I know full well doing what I do for a living and you know full well doing what you do for a living, Shannon, that if one person is struggling with something, there are more people than just that one person struggling with something.
0: Oh, yeah. No temptation seizes you, but what is common and, uh, yeah, every issue is – lots of people have the same issues. And to know that they're not alone is huge. I recently heard a counselor say the two most comforting words in the English language are me too. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for for someone else to realize that I'm not the only one who has that struggle, who has that frustration, who has that question or that curiosity – that's healing in and of itself. To know it that is. you're not
1: alone. It is, and to know that, because think about it, marriage life, married life can be so secretive. Which there's there's components of that that's, that's awesome. You know, it's this whole I'm creating my own secret world with my wife that no one knows about. You know, it's it's we have the looks, we have the statements, we have those different things that she and I it's the code words that we know what they mean, but nobody else does. And I, that's the, that's part of the elegance of marriage. But the flip side of that is you can have this whole where you feel isolated and then you, you hit these rough patches and you hit these struggles and you feel like, oh, no one else has this trouble. No one else has gets rejected from their wife as much as I do. So they don't understand or no one else – And nah, that's not Yeah, true. that
0: sentiment of no one really knows what goes on in my marriage. Right. And if they did, they wouldn't think that we are the poster child for a happy fam- family like most people think that we are. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah.
1: It is because because married life is is one of the best things going on as far as what it can be what what you can create together, yeah.
0: It can be or it can feel like a prison sentence if you don't have that communication and that connection and that comfort, that security. When you have a relationship that's devoid of those qualities, then yeah, it can feel like you've been sentenced to living in the in, in the same house as you know as a punishment or something. And that's why I love what we do that when we teach people how to connect sexually, an emotional and a spiritual and a mental bond naturally form as well. Yeah. If they're doing it right. Right. Obviously, couples can go through the motions and not get those depths of connection out of it. But if you're doing it right, if you're really loving each other well and opening yourself to be loved well by your spouse, then it it is amazing the positive ripple effects that that can have, not just on your marriage, but on your family and on Society as a whole, you know, a, a strong marriage means a strong family. A strong family makes for a strong community. A strong community makes for a strong society. So this show is really our contribution to society, right, Corey? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> it, it absolutely is. In a weird
0: sort of way. <laughs> and
1: and one thing that came that jumped to my mind listening to you talk just now of that married married life can get to where you feel like a prison sentence, and I think we all get to those phases where you just kind of feel stuck.
0: Sure. Everybody and, has that feeling right. on occasion. And that's, that's
1: a normal thing. You know, that's one of the things I love is when I get a chance to get a couple and they're first to see me and they sit on the couch and they explain what's going on and they look at me like, are we crazy? You know, or like, this is totally abnormal. You've never heard anything like this before or whatever. And my response typically is, okay, so what else is going on? I mean, because what you're telling me now is kind of normal married life stuff. so. There's nothing broken here, but what else is going on? Let's, let's kind of look at it a little differently that it's, that's just part of what married life is. But what jumped to my mind was that we also hit phases where there's not necessarily anything wrong. You know, we're not in, we're not in prison and we're not struggling in the sense of God, we're fighting all the time or whatever, but we've, we've hit routine and routine has turned to monotony and monotony has turned to boredom and,
0: And it loses its luster. Right. Where is the fun? Where's the excitement and the joy and the passion? Sometimes you have to really work hard to recreate that. It's not something that comes part and parcel in your bedroom.
1: Right. So I'm thinking we need to talk about how do you change up a rut? How do you change up sexual monotony, if you will?
0: I heard recently that the definition of a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out, Right. that you're pretty much just resigning to this is as good as it's ever going to get when you get stuck in a rut. But we've all probably had our car stuck in a rut at some point in our lifetimes. And you know that you don't (laughs) stay there forever. You can get out of it, but it takes some intentional effort and some ingenuity.
1: Right. It does. And, And it, it, it also takes recognizing it's a rut, <laughs> Re- recognizing, wait, I'm stuck. Because cause think about it. We can yeah. get to where we can go through life so robotic that the reason we're going through life robotic is because it's anesthetizing something else that we don't really want to face or we don't want to deal with. Or, you know, I'm in a career that I don't like. So it's easier just to shut all that down. But the, the spill out to that is everybody else in your life that you do enjoy it's pretty hard to turn that back on sometimes if, if that's what's driving you. So I'm thinking recognize it and then realize, all right, what's the effort we can put into changing this up? How can we throw a change up? How can I do something different? Because it does start, I mean, you and I have both counseled and and been proponents of, it, it starts internally, individually. It starts one person kind of, okay, I'm going to change this up and it's not this whole you know i don't i don't go to my wife and say hey pam we're in a rut i need you to change this up <laughs> you know, i yeah. recognized it so <laughs> <Fix> my <this. laughs> so my job is done cuz i have recognized it so you need to do something different i mean that's that's the easy way to blame and do and to, to try to change it but it it really has to come from you
0: yeah you, you can't require your spouse to fix something, you you have to inspire them to want to work on it. And the way that you do that is that you start working on it yourself. Right. So yeah, one of the things that I really encourage clients to change up on occasion, just to avoid that rut is kind of based on some magic that I have discovered in the past few years, you know, after 23 years of marriage, you do, you just naturally get stuck in ruts. And what I noticed one time is that I kind of have this expectation that, um, you know, that Greg comes home from work after a long, hard day. And okay, well, if he helps me with dinner and if he helps me with dishes and if he helps me get kids ready for bed or whatever, and if we have enough energy at the end of the day left over, then maybe I might feel like having sex with him. Well, what I realized is that. I'm just filling my day full of so many energy draining activities that by the time my head hits the pillow, sex is really the last thing on my radar. And I know that a lot of women listening are going, that's exactly how I feel at 1030 or whenever they go to bed at night. So how about just reprioritizing your day such that you make time for sexual intimacy when you have the energy. And so for me, I've learned that, you know, when Greg first comes home, he likes to lay down and close his eyes and, and just, you know, have a little 10 minute hypnagogic. Well, for me to wake him up from that 10 minute hypnagogic with sex, he's like, well, that's almost as good as, you know, like getting morning sex <laughs> just just wake up and know that your wife is available for you. Mm-hmm. It amazes me how, if I just make time for sexual intimacy with him then in the early evening hours, he's inspired all the more to help me with dinner and to help me with the dishes and to help me with the kids. And and then you go to bed feeling like, wow, I really accomplished a lot tonight. I felt connected to you while we were doing it. And everybody has their needs met. Everybody's happy. Um, and then that also leads to you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, was, you know, kissing on him after he came home from work and and I had kind of forgotten the whole, you know, I just need to do this now. And and I said, you know, well let's just go ahead and do dinner and take care of some paperwork and stuff. And maybe we'll get in the hot tub later tonight and we'll have sex before we go to bed. It so often just doesn't work that way. You run out of gas after about 9 30 when you're in your 40s and 50s. And so I really want to encourage women, especially to just change up their day and make time for sex in the earlier hours. And maybe that does mean getting up 10 minutes earlier in the morning so that you have time for a quickie or whatever. But it really does adjust your focus and help you feel a lot more connected to your spouse.
1: Right. And I would add to it that you can also be playfully sexy. I mean, you you can have some sexual playfulness throughout the day that. It's you know there there's the art of non-sexual touch that's a, a component of marital friendship and and depth and the relationship. But there's also an art of sexual touch that doesn't lead to sex in the moment, but can be the playful teasing, the you know kind of the flirting with each other, the brush buys, the the flat out grabs, you know whatever.
0: The that, the titillation factor, right? That, yeah,
1: that encourage just that that longing for each other because that's the one thing. You know, I I think of a research that I, I I, I can't remember exactly who came up with it, but they talked about where, when do you feel the the longing for your partner most? And it's when you're apart, you know, it's, it's when you've, when you've not been together, that's when that longing returns, you know, that's when that desire. And if you think about it, we go through life, a majority of people, You know, there are couples that work together, which God love you. I don't know how you do that, (laughs) but where it's day in and day out, all, you know, 24 seven. Boy, I, I I don't know. That's not me. I'd have to, I'd have to do some serious growing to do that with Pam. But the times when we can go separate throughout the day and we have little touches here and there where it's a text or a call back and forth, or we see each other in the day, you know, as that time goes on, that's where that longing kind of, man, I can't wait to get, get home with Pam tonight or so it's set the stage for that before you se- separate from each other during the day. You know, it's that whole, hey, here's what's going to happen tonight, possibly, you know, and just a little playfulness, and then you you go about your day. And then maybe you have that where you're both kind of thinking back to it throughout the day.
0: Yeah. Or uh, like when Greg sends me a text, text message, he works 10 minutes down the road. So he'll say, I'll, I'll be home in 10 minutes. What will you be wearing when I walk in? <laughs> and that that pretty much, you know, that, that kind of lights my fire just knowing that he's excited about what he's going to see, what he's going to behold right. when he walks in the door. So, of course, I, I jump up and, you know, take off my sweats and put on something a little nicer or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> not all the time. Sometimes the sweats are good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, speaking of, you know, just kind of um, stroking or grabbing or whatever, this brings up something that I experienced with a coaching client uh, recently. She was saying how it actually really annoyed her that whenever she would bend over, at the, whether it was the oven door, whether it was bathing kids, that he felt the freedom to grab her from behind when she wasn't expecting it. Right. And right. there was something about that that just really set her off and made her angry. And so for her to to verbalize that to him, to say, you know, it would mean a lot more to me if you hugged me in front and then reached behind and grabbed my bottom as opposed to behind my back. I don't see you coming. It totally surprises me. It scares me. It startles me. She said that adrenaline rush of fear does not create intimacy with you. And so husbands, choose your moment carefully and don't catch her off guard with a sexual touch if she doesn't see you coming, especially if she's experienced any type of sexual abuse in the past where this is going to be a trigger for her to go to a place that's not good in her mind.
1: Right. You want to squash a fire fast. You know, bring up bring up trauma (laughs) unintentionally, and that that will definitely reap you know struggle for you. So it it is, but I also think as a man, because this is one of this is one of my struggles as in the journey I've had, that I I have been the classic nice guy in in the in my married life early on, which was the whole idea of happy wife equals happy life. Mm -hmm. So everything I did was to not rock the boat to make sure she was happy, you know, to cater because then I would most likely or possibly get sex without having to ask for it or without having to pursue it, which is a misnomer right there. Cause if if I don't pursue it, she's typically not just always, Hey, let's have sex, you know? So, cause that's kind of, yeah. I'm the high desire. So I'm the one that's usually pursuing.
0: Right. Right. Women respond. We don't initiate as well as we respond. Right.
1: They're, they're much more wired to be receptive than, than mm-hmm. to penetrate. So, one of the things I've had to come to grips with over the last several years is just being comfortable in my own sexuality and desires to be, you know, cause I, I think of a time where I did come up behind Pam when she was bending over to get something and just kind of, and grabbed her. And she's like, God, you men, or, you know, "like or you're bad or something like that. I said, nope, just a man, you know, just, just me. That's, that's who I am. And it's just you know there's not the trauma in the in the past but it is one of those it's still kind of being more free of me of yeah i'm i want you sexually that i'm going to pursue you sexually and i'm not ashamed of that and i'll take influence by hey that doesn't do it for me i like it when you whatever or whatever all right well that's just more ammunition to know <laughs> so i can be better at it but i can think of a lot of men that have that have got to the idea of well maybe i don't need to display my sexuality as much and you know because it's kind of been catered to they've been go ahead
0: i think that you can certainly feel free to display your sexuality we love knowing that our husbands do find us hot and sexy and attractive but i think choosing your moment sensitively for example um Rather than, okay, she's been over at the oven door and I'm going to reach up and pop her on the butt unexpectedly and startle the fool out of her and make her (laughs) mad. Maybe wait until she stands back up and then take her in your arms, look her in the eye and say, you have no, you have no idea how many mental pictures I just took of you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And she's going to melt in your arms. She's going to give you a big kiss or whatever. She's going to feel cherished and respected As well as crave, Wait, hold on. not I'm, just feel I, like. I'm,
1: I'm writing that down, Shannon. Hold on, you have no. <laughs> I- okay. You have
0: no idea how many mental pictures I, I just okay. took of you. <laughs> so
1: Pam, if you're listening to this show, disregard the last couple of minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to tell her that Shannon inspired that that slogan. <laughs> oh, for I won't. You. You just, I won't. You take credit. You I, take it's credit all me, you. me,
1: baby. <laughs> No, I like that because that's kind of playing to your strengths of the relationship. That's that's not just dominating of I want it all my way all the time. It's this idea of I'm learning from you and, and kind of f- fitting into a little bit better pursuit of you.
0: And women are aroused by what they hear. Men are aroused by what they see. So I get it. She's been over over the bathtub and he's like, Woohoo. <laughs> but for a woman, it's what she hears that makes her the hottest. And so for her to hear that he was back there taking mental pictures while she was bent over means a lot more than the smack on the behind. Right. It just does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'll I'll admit hey, and- I'm I'm guilty of the butt slap. That's that's just I do that. That's that's me. I'll raise my hand on it.
0: Guilty as charged. <laughs> If it doesn't startle your wife or that she sees it coming, it would be a lot better than if you st- – yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just the type of person I don't like to be startled. I don't and know like, many women of rules- that do. Right. It, for a woman who's it feels like she has to constantly be on her guard in society against predators and men being inappropriate, you don't want to have to feel that way at home. Right. You, you want to let your guard down and relax. Like one of the rules I told Greg very early on don't ever, ever wake me up in the middle of the night by touching me sexually. It's okay to wake me up with a hug or a kiss on the cheek. Right. To say I'm interested in sex, obviously, as long as it's you know, not frequently. Yeah, I, I'm. I love my sleep. I <laughs> like me a lot of sleep. I understand. <laughs> but the idea is, don't. Yeah, the idea is, don't abuse me in my sleep by taking. Uh, liberties that I haven't offered you yet right that you know to kind of get permission to get a green light is very important but hey another idea that came to mind as far as getting out of ruts and breaking up routines is vacation sex like who doesn't uh, love I
1: love vacation me some sex? vacation sex
0: yeah that, that's like the icing on the cake and the sprinkles and the whipped cream and the cherry <laughs> I mean
1: i I think I think of vacation sex. And this this is what comes to my mind.
0: I I take it you don't go visit your in-laws on your vacation. Oh, no,
1: no. That that can still happen, too. We just have to play the music a little softer.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a built-in babysitter at Grandma's house. That is true. That's a
1: nice thing of family.
0: But, hey, something that I read in a book called – let me grab it. It's right here on my shelf. Pure Pleasure by gary thomas Mm -hmm. why do christians feel so bad about feeling good is the subtitle of it but he talks about how one of his biggest regrets in life is that he traveled for a living and therefore when he had vacations the last thing he really wanted to do was travel right and he didn't feel like he should spend a lot of money on family vacations and so Oftentimes, his teenage children would say, Hey, so and so's family is going on vacation and they invited me to come along. Is it okay if I go? And he didn't feel right saying, No, you have to stay here and be bored with me while I'm on vacation. He would let them go. But he said, The fact that my kids have so many more memories with other people's families than they do with their own on vacation is really sad to him. But it brought to mind how we often just feel bad about spending money on vacations. Mm -hmm. But I remember when Greg and I were dating, that first year that we were dating, we went snow skiing, we went camping, um, we went went hiking in the wilderness. So we had several big adventures, and then he took me to Disney World on our honeymoon. But we, you know, we go with groups, we'd have a lot of fun, and I was just kind of surprised that he made it such a priority because I don't remember my parents ever taking me anywhere but grandma's house. We we never did vacations. Right. But what I have noticed about Greg is that as an introvert he really comes out of his shell on vacations that when you put him in a, in a change of scenery and fresh surroundings and you don't have the, the grind of the daily schedule and the responsibilities that he really blossoms sexually. Mm -hmm. And that makes me blossom sexually. Mm -hmm. And so make, vacations a financial priority we even have a vacation fund like we put money every month aside so that we can take at least one maybe two really great vacations a year
1: yep and you can even do vacations that are just a weekend to a hotel in a city nearby or on the other side of town i mean just do uh, the change of scenery adds novelty you know it it adds newness it adds adventure it adds that little touch of positive tension anxiety that enhances things plus it allows the possibility of truly disengaging and being relaxed with each
0: other Absolutely. And, and if going to a hotel is just not a financial possibility in today's economy, do the minimum of you know swap with another family of sending your kids to their house and having the house to yourself. Yeah. Even just having children away from the house can be a real novelty, but don't focus on the dust bunnies and the laundry. It's, all that <laughs> stuff will wait till when the kids get back. Um, I remember when we first had kids, Greg's parents lived like 15 minutes down the road. And so every Tuesday night, we had fish stick and tater tot night. And what that meant was that the kids went over to the grandparents for fish sticks and tater tots, and we went back to the house to be alone. So instead of going out to dinner at a restaurant, instead of going to a movie, instead of doing stuff that we really could do with kids if we had to, yeah, we went back to the house and did what we could only do without young children at our ankles. And so we just set aside. Tuesday night was our sex night, and – carving out two or three hours with no other agenda, Mm -hmm. not just the, okay, 10 minutes, we're over, we're done. Let's move on to something else. Make time to bask in each other's presence. Even if it's just caressing each other skin to skin and talking face to face and just seeing where it leads or doesn't lead. That is a novelty. We don't take time out of our day like that. And, And so making that a priority will go a long way in getting out of those ruts.
1: Yeah. And I even heard, from tish of simple mom that is now called the art of simple by the way is she made a comment that that she has three young kids the same age similar as mine and their oldest who's like eight or nine has always wanted to i want to babysit i want to babysit the younger kids which are like six and four or something like that Mm -hmm. but it's like you know we can't leave them alone as an eight six and four year old i'm not just gonna leave the house with with a bunch of kids for a couple hours they're not staying home by themselves but what her and her husband have figured out is one night a week, they give their oldest a trial run where they take care of dinner as far as they get it made. And then her and her husband head to their bedroom, which is upstairs. And the kids are downstairs. And the oldest is in charge of feeding them, getting to make sure their homework or their toys or all that stuff they're playing with, and then bed. And meanwhile, mom and dad are just upstairs with the door closed. So they know if something happens, uh, they can come and knock. But it's kind of this little test. To see if their oldest can actually you know there it's a chance for them to be owned you know uh, empowered and in charge while still some safety <laughs> involved, but it also I is is a couple of that. hours of mom and dad they may not be having sex it's just they get a couple of hours of just them they get to have dinner together and just talk and be apart from their kids and but yet they're in the same house i mean I think it's a great idea
0: I love that. For so many different reasons. Yeah, talk about instilling responsibility and you know speaking affirmation to your child that I trust you even with my most precious possessions, my right. other children. But I think it's healthy for kids to know that moms and dads need their quality time alone together yeah. in the privacy of their bedroom with the door closed. Don't knock unless there's blood or vomit. And I think that that would make a really great show, Corey. What if in the future we talked about um, – Yeah, the the fear of obtrusive children or the fear of your children knowing that you're being sexual. (gasps) I think that's a a huge. Oh, no. What if your kids know you have
1: sex? Oh, man. Horrors. (laughs) How will they ever survive? Well, mine know well. Let's
0: let's go there. (laughs) So that holds women back more than men realize.
1: I bet it does. And I mean, that. Because what, what I'm thinking of with the fish ticks and, and tater tot night, I mean, what immediately comes to my mind, and this is just my wiring, is, hey, wait, that's sex on the couch. That's sex in the kitchen. That's, that's sex. That's, that's sex on the that's, dining that's table. That's sex everywhere except behind the closed door. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's, that could be out on the back porch. Wait, that's.
0: That's right. There's so much Shaking that could happen little, from get out that, out of that rut. and that's
1: part of this whole idea of the show. I mean, we were talking before we started the show of sex doesn't just has to just happen with lights off in the bedroom. It can be spontaneous. Obviously, it needs to be appropriate. You know, in the in the aisle of Target, there might be some consequences to that. But <laughs> at home, when you have the least likelihood of being interrupted, well. Why not wherever you are? Just drop down and go. That's probably what you Seize did when you moment. were young.
0: Seize the <laughs> moment. That's right. That's exactly what we did when we were young. Hey, parents aren't looking. Let's go make out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true. So it's we just trade parents to kids, don't we, on having to sneak around. And maybe you if go. you think of it there that way, go. that changes things. How could I sneak around without my kids catching us? Hey,
0: Brings out your rebellious side. That's Vincent. kind of a little adventure right there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's good. So yeah, I, I let's, have, let's do that future show. That
1: is that's a great idea because that's that's one of those we've done a show before on how to talk to your kids about sex, but I did that with Gina, and I'd love your take on it because this is something you've been doing with a lot of your life. Of how do you how do you confront and talk about this issue, and also model it in healthy ways and live it. Within a family, because that's that's one thing I think of that I was speaking one time to a group and I made the comment of, you know, sex can happen at any time during the day, even with kids in the house. Because how many times are your kids just off playing and you have 20 or 30 minutes that you don't realize, but you can go in your room, lock the door and just kind of teach them don't knock. <laughs> if it's an emergency, yeah, th- then then fine. But other than that, this is mom and dad time. And I had a couple come up to and me you afterwards and say, an
0: issue, "Go ahead." You don't have an issue doing that, saying to your kids, "I just need 20 minutes on this telephone call. Don't disturb me. I need 30 yeah. minutes with my laptop to take care of some emails." Why not? I need. We need 30 minutes time out. You know, yeah. j- just like, just like you need time to yourself to 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 do your homework or to play or whatever. Mom needs time to herself to to play, and, and the way that you. <laughs> The way that you like to have mommy all to yourself sometimes, and then sometimes you like to have daddy all to yourself. Well, sometimes mommy and daddy like to have each other all to themselves. That's awesome. It's healthy, very yep. healthy message. Let's is, go there in a future show. Let's, let's do it.
1: Let's do it because that's one of those things that a, the couple came up to me afterwards said I've never even thought of just during the day. I mean, they had younger kids, so it's it's not like there was were... a
0: woman saying that it wasn't
1: was it? it was she was like i had no never... and that's been men think about it and that's been all oh yeah throughout the day, yeah right? i'm like the kids aren't in the room honey let's go she's like yeah but they're right there on the you know right there behind that where there's no door all they gotta Around do is peek. like i don't care come on <laughs> <laughs> Well, this He's is. like, g-
0: put them out in the backyard with the yeah, dog yeah
1: they, they, they got <laughs> they something got yeah there's something they need to go do outside i'm sure this has been Sexy Marriage Radio.
0: We are not advocating behavior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all. We're glad you joined us. So however you took time out of your day to listen to us, thank you very much. If you got something you want us to cover, like we've got some ideas now from this show of what we'll do for future shows, let us know at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love your input. We love your feedback. And we hope that what you hear from us makes your married life and sex life fabulous. So you can look at each other and say, hey, let's go, baby. And it doesn't matter where you are, you can go. (laughs) So wherever you are, hope you're having a great one. See you next time.